The Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast is brought to you by Big Barker Dog Beds. Get yours now at bigbarker.com slash Ricky and Cornblow and Cornblow, the official law firm of the process. On the show today, oh man, boy, I, you know, the Timberwolves didn't really show up, but the, uh, the, and the blowout was going on s- along swimmingly, but then there was the fight. Oh, geez, it was incredible. Just, I can't wait to talk about this. Along with the return of Robert Covington, maybe the best Lorenzo Brown mailbag we've ever had. Um, speaking, uh, sorry, right. sorry, I'm just reading Mike Scott quotes after the game. Oh, it's incredible. Yeah, <laughs> comparing it to Al Horford's quote is, uh, is great. Yeah. We'll, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Um, before we get started, the uh, Blue Coat Blue Coats Night Two Way Night at the Blue Coats is on sale. Fourteen bucks gets you a ticket to the game, December twenty seventh. The T shirt and you see the live Ricky afterwards, only for fourteen bucks. And if you sign up for Fly the Process Five, which a disturbing number of people have signed up for, I found out is about two thirds of the way sold out. Um, you also get Blue Coats tickets. So sign up for Fly the Process Five with just a hundred fifty dollar deposit to go to New Year's Eve. Um, in Indianapolis, see the Sixers and the Pacers, and then a New Year's Eve party with us, all-inclusive. And TJ will come. And finally, the brand-new Ricky T-shirt is out now. Um, I don't even know what to call it. Coming out on Halloween because it is by far the most evil shit we've ever put on a T-shirt. Um, there are bones. There's a still-beating heart. There's a heavy metal font. It is just fucking wild. It's a so lot. good to write. Yeah, it's definitely a lot. I fucking love it. I told Tanner, our designer, I said, do something metal. And boy, he fucking came through. So go to rightstreakysanchez.com, hit the store link, uh, the t-shirt store, and you can get the shirt there. Without any further ado, Amos and the Chef. Welcome to the Right Stricky Sanchez podcast. I'm Spike Eskin, along with a guy who I hope whose basketball game was not quite as eventful as tonight's Sixers game. That is Mike Levin. No, it wasn't. We lost. Um, going through going through a little tough stretch. Our team is. Um, I can. I'll, I should probably start another podcast just about my rec league team. But <laughs> yeah, that would I be played, great. I played pretty well. I had 17 points. Uh, but oh, we well, did, there you we go. Did, That's all that really matters. We lost to the number, the undefeated team. So, but we, but we, we hung in there. We hung in there, and that's fine. But to a team that has not lost and will never lose, our Philadelphia 76ers. So, here's my question to you, and several people have asked this on Twitter: Does Carl Anthony Towns tapping out? on the floor of the Wells Fargo Center count as slapping the hardwood. Does that count? <laughs> no. No. No, it's, it's, in fact, it might be the opposite of slapping the hardwood. 
so man, I don't even know how to get into this. I, I did you you watch the game live uh, recorded? Um, I, I I don't know. Um, the the it was frustrating for the second that it lasted, and probably if you watch the replay, it couldn't have been more than two or three seconds that zoom off and Allah saw the fight going on, but we did not. And they were just reacting, whoa, a real fight. And we're just watching the action go on on the other side, Al Horford just sort of staring out into space. <laughs> I mean, um, that was, a you know, I, I don't even know if one real punch was even landed um, because punches don't really land in sports fights that much anymore. But it did seem like but a I real fight. I would also fight. say that in, when people are really fighting and there's chaos, how many times in real life are punches landing? Uh, that that's a good point, but real life people, well, I don't know, man. I've seen a lot of punches land on the internet, um, but yeah, what usually happens is the grab, and as soon as the grab happens, it's very hard for the punch to actually happen, because you have to let go with one hand and actually swing. It did look like Carl Anthony Towns swung once, and it looked like Embiid swung when they were on the ground. Um, if you look at one angle, it looked like he sort of swung. And then, of course, the Ben Simmons uh, MMA-style chokehold, who Sixers Dave, the Sixers uh, VP of Communications, Dave Schaller, would be very proud of with his MMA history. Just a, you know, a very solid fight all around. Uh, Embiid's <laughs> reaction afterwards, which was great and also completely unacceptable, but great. Uh, Mike Scott just fucking loving every second of it <laughs> just just really incredible where do i i don't know where do i start with the fight oh man it's so hard to watch things on delay and not know uh, about them because i'm at work yeah. when the game's on and i'll just right. get you know i got like 30 texts when fucking shake got hurt and i was like oh somebody's hurt i know the, it wouldn't be this many texts unless something happened and then there's getting a bunch of people letting me know that there was a huge fight. Like, I want to come in surprised, but I always know something is going on. Um, but it was, uh, I think you start with the fight. Um, yeah. They, it seemed, look, Embiid gets in people's heads. That's what he does. Um, He's been was, owning Carl Anthony Towns for a few years absolutely. now. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. um, and, and it's, uh, it was, you know, do you condone it? I, we, you know, I've seen the Mike Scott toys and stuff. You don't want people to fight. Like, it shouldn't get to this point. I would have loved it if it was just pushing and shoving and, like, a little talking, but not, you know, tackling people to the ground in case there's any injuries there and all that stuff. Um, but it was really funny watching Mike Scott react to it. It was so funny. Uh, what a guy. The smile. The team, yeah. the, look, I, on the last podcast, I think, I think it was on the very last podcast, I said, uh, this team is going to get a lot of flagrant fouls uh, just because they're big and they bully people around and stuff. And then we had the Mike Scott thing, which was ridiculous, and we'll get to that uh, in the Hawks game that they that they downgraded to a flagrant one. And yeah. then fucking and beaten going to the towns, two of the biggest guys in the fucking league, size and uh, persona wise. And uh, it's just going to be this all season. It's going to be this all season long. It's going to be physical. So. I'm glad Embiid gets a, a couple games off. How, how many games do you think he gets? And by the way, a team after my own heart, just going right back to my teenage years, I mean, a team that uh, plays defense so much that the other team wants to fight you um, and you're, they're happy to fight. I oh. mean, just just the kind of, I mean, fuck pretty basketball and the passes. And the, I mean, I would like the threes to go in a little bit more, but, um, you know, tiny guys running in circles. I'll take fights the whole time. Um, you know... 
I think his post game, the post fight and post game reaction does not help him in this case. <laughs> By which you're talking you know, about Embiid celebrating like a prize fighter and and running off correct. of the exit. Yeah, uh, yeah. As did you see Carl Anthony Towns' parents screaming at him as I he did. went off in? Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Under think, the tunnel, both his mom, his mom is yelling at him, and his dad looks like he's holding her back, and then also starts yelling as well. So. Yeah. Yes. Let me at him. I I respect everybody involved. Was that that was if you haven't seen that that's on Cole Aldrich's Twitter. Um, huh. I, the the uh, so okay when I first saw it very first view it seemed like oh that's going to be a few games. Then as I saw the replay I'm like well you know what it really only looked like he swung once nobody really landed anything. There were there were both neither one of them started it and Bead started it by being annoying and doing that the classic NBA player I'm not holding your arm you're holding my arm yeah, sort of bit yeah. Uh, yeah which I love uh but the the afterwards I feel like he's going to get two I feel like he based on the fight he should get one based on how it looked initially he was going to get three and I think his after um his after fight antics, both at the press conference on social media and acting like he was Rocky, uh, get him an extra game. So I think we're going to be at two for Embiid. What do you think? I would say it's closer to four or five. Really? Yeah, I think it's making an example, and I think it's just they're going yeah. over. I, I don't think, I think they'll probably. It, did, give, it is net near the crowd, too, which they're always very sensitive to. Yeah, I think they'll probably give Embiid and Towns the same amount. I think they'll they'll deem it. Because Embiid said after the game that he didn't throw any punches. Uh, he's he said he's he shouldn't be worried about a suspension. He didn't throw any punches, but there's a history of overruling anything that comes to me in a certain way, which is true, uh, and and sort of goes with the league, just like throwing out flagrant fouls, like their bouquets at a wedding. Like it's so fun to give up, give out flagrant fouls, and as if well, it's like preventing anything. This yeah, idea. Yeah, I mean, what like, what on. what they're trying to do is like they don't. They were this league at one point, and they don't want to be this league anymore. Like they, yeah. they they just they know it doesn't it does not help their image. It reinforces any bad image that people have of the NBA. This can reinforce, which is why they don't want it. Sure, um, as if there's not yeah. fighting in football or hockey, no, for sure. or baseball. Well, there's like not really any fighting in football, but uh, that's not people, real. People, but people, but I mean, yes. they're always pushing each other. I guess because there's aggression on every single play. They yeah. just hit each other no matter what. But in baseball, they just don't and hockey, want it. It's like a fun thing. Yeah. There's the least yeah. amount of fighting in basketball. It seems like. Um, but I get why we, why you wouldn't want it. I get why you'd want mm-hmm. to make an example. The flagrant fouls thing, I, I'm still, like, reeling from how stupid it is. The idea that it's preventative in any way, like, Damian Jones didn't even fall down, and you give him a, an ejection for stopping yeah. a breakaway, like, it's cra- it's crazy. And That I was mean, a flagrant one if I had ever seen one, the Mike Scott one. That I was get, definitely Sure, not I guess. Yeah. But there's I mean, also... He- there's also the situation of like, well, if you don't foul him hard enough, then that's an and one. Like, it, well, it he should he should have put his arms around him. For sure, he just should have put his arms around him. He Absolutely. pushed him. He should. Yeah, I, it I, was just, I, and I'd be fine with giving it a flagrant one, even if like if we actually broke it down. I think it's like, he bumped him. He stayed on upright. What's the point? He gets the foul. It's fine. Let's keep it moving. Like we don't need to. We don't need to do this. I just think the league, the, the league is, like outthinking themselves on on what the point is. Anyway, back to Embiid. Um, yeah. I, th- I think him and Towns will both get like four or five games. So M- Embiid's quotes were great. He starts off with, first of all, I ain't no bitch. Um, and this is, uh, gr- thank you to Kyle Newbeck for just putting all of the quotes all in one place. Um, Embiid's quotes are fine. Let's just compare Mike Scott's quote versus Al Horford's. And, and really, these are the verbal versions of their reactions on the court. 
as Mike Scott just just looked at the fight just with pure joy and Al Horford last guy in and watched from 15 feet away. It was incredible. I loved all of it. Mike Scott's quote, let's get all the bad shit out. You don't want to condone it. The kids are watching. We'll see what the league does. But I loved it. It was great. That was great. Fuck that. That was great. I enjoyed that. <laughs> he's got such <laughs> a nice smile when he knows yeah. he's saying something he shouldn't. It's great. Also, the, uh, I just saw the Embiid Instagram post. Uh, yeah, wait, wait. We're getting there. Okay. Hold on. I just want to finish the Mike Scott quote. Uh, when your superstar plays like that and, and has that Philly toughness in him, I would say you kind of like to see that. We'll see what the NBA, NBA does, but shit, I was hype. I was turned up. I thought that was fun. <laughs> and then Horford. Well, wait, there's the, o- should... the, other, the other Mike Scott. Oh, uh, I didn't see. What was the other Mike Scott? Uh, Rich Hoffman tweeted it. I love Joe. I fucking love Joe. He's the greatest man. He's our superstar, our all-star. Our guy's playing like that, and that's Philly, man. That's Philly tough. Some people don't like it, but shit, we're in Philly. one nothing, Joe. <laughs> and then Horford. It's just one of those things that you don't want to see in a game. Our game is a great game. I mean, he might as well, Horford might as well write the NBA's statement on this. Yeah. Um, it's just one of those things you don't want to see in a, great, in, the, in a game. Our game is a great game. That happened, and it was unfortunate. But I do hope that they both learned from this. There's just no place for that in our game. <laughs> Thanks, Unc. Yeah. So then... Um, Embiid posts a photo of himself on Instagram. What else is in the photo? Um, Josh Harris. That's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just to me is like, you're paying my fine, bitch. <laughs> like that. Yeah. Yeah. Josh Harris in the background, half smiling and definitely clapping as Embiid flexes after. Now, I don't know what this had to be after the fight. I no, that, that picture? Uh, yeah. It's no, not. I think that was just after a play. Nobody, okay. Because you could see if it was after the fight, then you would see like blood coming out of the crowd's mouth and like foaming <laughs> right, right. <laughs> as, as everybody's yeah. just getting like very hyped up on everything. People it's, chewing raw steak. Absolutely. Um, just red meat, yeah. nothing but. Um, so him, his cat, I mean like yeah. getting MVP chance after you get ejected is just really, it's, uh, so, it's he's so get- I mean, I know that we've already talked about it. It's just so, I can't believe Embiid is a real player and he plays yeah, the Sixers and he's healthy and we're having a good time. <laughs> I, just so, I just can't believe it. Embiid's quote on Instagram, and Embiid is going to mention Jimmy Butler after every game to, after every game this year. There's, uh, he's done it, I think, uh, out of the three games he's played. I think he's two for three now, maybe even three for three. Um, great team win. I was raised around Lions, and a cat pulled on me tonight. LMAO, at Jimmy Butler. I missed being part of the third stringers. I got his mom giving middle fingers. That's some serious real estate. Hashtag fight night. Hashtag I ain't no bitch. Just a lot. Um, a lot of a lot of thoughts in there. Uh, yeah, could, probably could have streamlined it, Joe. Uh, yeah. <laughs> really funny to bring it back to Jimmy and the and him. That's very clearly a reference to the last season, early last season. I think it might have been before the season when Jimmy Butler uh, finally comes to Timberwolves practice after demanding a trade, and. Uh, <laughs> Acts like a dickhead. Acts like a dickhead. Doesn't sh- claims that he doesn't shoot. Didn't shoot the entire time. I think he said that on JJ's podcast. Um, yeah. Said that he t- didn't take a single shot the entire time, um, and beat the starters with the third stringers, and was cursing everybody out. That's why you need me. That kind of stuff. Um, and just, I mean, it's <laughs> it's it's. I I know that the everybody doing the like hashtag this league 
that kind of stuff is a lot, but it really is. There's so much happening all the time and it's crazy that it's real and uh, I, I can't get over and Joel Embiid being an actual human being who plays for the Sixers and is this good <laughs> and is this charismatic and, and like feels a part of Philadelphia so much. It's absolutely wild. Yeah, he and he did have a quote afterwards about uh, Philly deserves him and he deserves Philly and he loves being here and all that kind of stuff. So then Carl Anthony Towns posts an Instagram um, uh, with the SpongeBob uh, uh, font that says, I ain't no bitch raised around lions and then a bunch of clown uh, emojis and hashtagged it bitch talk. And the uh, the location was all bark and no bite. And then a bead fires back. Wait, I haven't Imagine- gotten this yet. Oh yeah, sorry, I'm Imagine- still, still scrolling through. Hang on. No, I I do hate. I'm not a big fan of internet uh, imagine da 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 da. But uh, I'll allow it with this one. Uh, Embiid comments on Carl Towns' Instagram. Imagine talking after a 20-point loss. You hate to see it, LMAO. Go ahead using that pic of me caring about losing in the second round of the playoffs, all caps. Oh, wait, you've never been there. You don't know what it's like. No, um, what does the blue hat mean? What does the blue hat emoji uh, no, mean? No cap, I believe. Oh, okay. in reference to, and I will say that as the least person in his 20s, uh, anymore of all yeah. time. Yeah. Okay. No cap boy. I finally won three games and he's talking. I, and he's talking. I know you ain't talking. You've been a pussy your whole life. That's why you were treated like a bitch by, you know, who <laughs> Jesus. I, yeah, I, <laughs> I ain't going to put your business out, out by, I got the facts. Oh, I ain't going to put your business out. I got the facts about you. Don't get it twisted. All, um, caps. I own you. Um, and then on Twitter, Embiid, that tough guy act ain't cutting it. You know who you are. You know what you've always been. A pussy. Say it louder for the people in the back. Been kicking your ass and pretty please make the playoffs before you talk. It's a known thing that I owe you, uh, that I own you, Carl Towns. And then um, notes that, uh, wait, what's this? Uh, notes that Carl Towns hid his comment on Instagram, on his Instagram post. <laughs> and then finally, Embiid ends it with a tweet, I'm done talking trash with three trophies and a googly eyes emoji. <laughs> well, easily the most five quotes, games. Even easily the most quotes we've ever read on the podcast. Yeah, I mean, definitely five games <laughs> for, yeah. for Joel. But this is, um, I mean, as, yeah. like this is the NBA. That's what they want. Like they're a league that's, all year round, it's not just happening on the court. It's about player movement and Instagram and people chirping at each other. This is like the fun stuff. This is what people. This is what gets people to give a shit. And so yeah, it, it gets us through eighty-two games. You yes. know, when of of actual basketball. That, I, thank God. I would be happy and fine and fair if both guys got three games. That's fine. That's another yeah. nice rest for Embiid. This is load management via suspension and ejection. Um, let's keep you know. Get ready for the playoffs. If he has to get ejected a couple more times in the season to, to rest, 
That's a pretty sneaky way of doing it, and I'm on board. We take a break from the Ricky, which is about a fight today and not basketball. Good way to break it up, to talk about something that you should never fight. That is the urge to get a brand new Big Barker therapeutic dog bed for your dog. I mentioned the other day uh, that I met a process pup at the Big Bar. I met a bunch of them, but at the uh, Big Barker 5K. But there's a new one on the site that I met there. That is Sawyer, who I mentioned. Sawyer, a giant dog um, who just had surgery on his leg. A six-year-old rescue. He's 90 pounds. He had knee surgery. Um, but look at him. I mean, Mike, it, there's a, a, just a picture of him with a giant smile on his face on his brand new Big Barker, knowing that the best way to recover from that surgery is on this giant, cushiony, supportive Big Barker dog bed with a ridiculous logo on the side of it. Look at the smile, Mike. Oh. Man. Oh, so happy. Can't anyway, if you... It cannot beat it. If you go to bigbarker.com slash Ricky, bigbarker.com slash Ricky, you get the only dog bed on the market that is an actual bed, a bed to support your dog's joints, while he's, whether he's young or whether he's old, wakes up in the morning feeling refreshed and fucking ready to go. You get the bed, and you also get two process pup patches. You can put both of them on the dog bed. You can put one on the dog bed. The other one you can iron on to one of your wife's favorite pieces of clothing when she's not looking. Um, or you can do it to one of your own pieces of clothing. You can put it on the wall, do whatever you want with the other one. Um, the beds, so, uh, the bed initially, uh, put together by one of the owners, Eric, who his, his dog at that time, Hank, just this giant fucking dog. And they just kept going through these beds because the beds are just made really poorly. You can see when you look at a big barker compared to the ones that you get in, uh, the ones that you get in pet stores or even the ones you see advertised on Instagram all the time that aren't big barkers. They're just not real bets. They're like glorified. I can never do that word, man. I should just give up on it. They're just glorified blankets. Big barker dog bed engineered by experts to support your dog's joints, especially dogs, in over, dogs that are over 50 pounds, uh, up to 80% of them develop arthritis as they age. And like, just think about it logically. If you slept on the floor, if you slept on a blanket, you would feel terrible. That's happened to me a couple of times. Why I was sleeping on the floor, I don't know, but I woke up feeling bad and that can happen to your dog too. Get him a big barker, 10 year warranty on the big barker. So you might say, Big Barker's a little expensive. It's going to last you 10 years. Foam doesn't flatten or they will, will replace it for free. Cover comes off, easy to wash, um, and a one-year at-home trial. Try it for a full year. If you don't like it, your dog doesn't like it, get a full refund. Even They will even pay for shipping. Handmade in the United States of America, get a Big Barker for your dog, um, not for your cat. <laughs> get it? Carl Anthony Towns, cat. <laughs> I just came up with that on my own at 3 a.m. Not bad. Big Barker dog beds. Oh, woof, woof. So do you want to talk about the, the games? I guess we talk about this one and then throw back to some, a few things about the, uh, the Hawks game overall. Just um, the, uh, what, what was I going to say? Um, I, I, you know, the, the Timberwolves came in 3-0, and but man, they look like they suck. Um, I, you know, I, I don't Town, know how Towns is really good. Not against him. He's NBA, good. Not against him. Yes. He's really good. And, and the, the amount of his, his offensive game is just incredible. And I've seen him be a, a lot more uh, smart and physical on the defensive end this season. So I think I think he's very good. I don't think he's Embiid. I really don't think anybody's Embiid. He's the best center in basketball. Um, but he's he's very good. And Covington, obviously, is great. And 
Um, wait, yeah. can I, sorry, can we pause for another second? Yeah. We haven't gotten to the games uh-huh. yet. And we're just, this is just like yeah. beef hour. Well, who cares? I, I go I mean, on, I go on Twitter every, every once in a while. I'll just like go on Twitter about like during like a pee break at work or something like that. I don't have my phone in the writer's room and I'll just look. And so sometimes it's just like you arguing with people or people arguing about you. Oh, uh, we got to, yeah. Or it's <laughs> like Spike, Spike's a piece of shit. His, his yeah. dad gave him his dick. I hope it chops. Like it's, it's just nonsense stuff. I'm like, wait, what's going on? What's happening? Catch can me I, up. Can I tell you? I, I didn't do anything. I like I it is a known fact, and this is not just me, though I probably do it more than um anybody. I fucking love Covington and I hate that they traded him. Like that and I will I will never stop saying it, and I'll always like him. And um to the like the the f- nine idiots that were like, this is just because he came on your podcast. No, like from the the second he got here, I think he was probably my my favorite player. Like I, I think two weeks into it, I said he was better than I'd rather trade MCW than him. Like I, I right? I mean, if I'm remembering it correctly, Covington always one of our guys. Yeah, so love, always okay. Well, so where does Matisse come into this? I, and I, like I don't even think I was like being I was not being anti Matisse. I I said um, something to the effect of I don't have the tweet up in front of me. Something to the effect of um, imagine having a player that was um, that defended like Matisse Thibel, but shot thirty eight percent from three and was six nine and put a picture of Covington like a gif of Covington with his arms raised. And I didn't even say. Um, like it was some, I, I think I used the, the word will shoot 38%. So I was like, I was talking about like, this is what, this is how good Covington is. And this is how good Thibault like can be. And basically my point was all of the love for Thibault is f- funny to me in respect to like how divisive Covington was in that they were very similar players that they became defense first players. Like that, that's it. Um, and like, my God, like the fucking, like um, forgetting about the people that responded to me that they don't like Covington. Those people I expected. Those were the people that I was, because it's if not, I was trying that's to. That's the thing is that there's different, it's not everybody doesn't like this one person and everybody does like this one person. It's not. Right. You know. The, so the, the people, um, and I, I was not being negative uh, against Thibault. I, I love Thibault. Like, like, like he's great. Like it was not a negative Thibault thing. It was a, wow, Thibault's good. We had this guy too. That's it. Um, and I, I, the people who I expected to get annoyed by that were just like the people who thought Covington's trash, he's not clutch, yada, yada, yada. Sure. Those people were fine. Um, like, and there are plenty of those people. I don't make those people up. A couple of people said it was like a straw man. That's not a straw man. Those people exist. Like there's lots of them, um, 100%, lots of them. But like the fucking meltdowns, like the passive aggressive subtweet meltdowns that like, this guy, like, what the fuck is wrong with him? Like, what, you know, why can't everybody just be a Sixers fan like they want to be? He's a fake. Um, you know, like, there's this world of fucking, like, I'm not making fun of follower account. I'm trying to describe people. There's this world of, like, 3,000 follower <laughs> Philadelphia sports Twitter <laughs> that, that, like, says John too much um, and, like, and quote tweets every single opinion that anyone has ever with imagine thinking this or, or something like, like it's every response is one of those is like to fucking too cool for everything Twitter. And they had a fucking 
meltdown. Like I, I could not figure out what the problem was. Um, <laughs> so that's it. And I didn't even interact with those people. The only people I tried to interact with were the, um, the people who don't think Covington is good. That's it. I just like Robert Covington. He's good. I got a bunch of Thibault's already way better than he is. Um, uh, what's the, the other Covington things? He's not good on at um, man uh, like man defense. Like he's, he he can't guard his guy himself. Like there's like he's like what are we even talking about here? He guarded like Mike Conley and Kemba Walker. Yeah, so, I I yeah. obviously love both guys. I love I yeah. love them. I think there's obviously as far as you know, I, this is me not bringing up Bobby Brayu, but like let it sit there and everybody can make their own assumptions. The there's there's a there's a charm to a rookie that everything is nice and good. Yes. And you don't worry about it yet. So I think that's why everyone's enamored by Matisse as much as he is. If he doesn't and improve it, as a shooter or a ball handler or whatever, I'm sure people will get frustrated with him over the years. Whatever. I hope he's here for two decades. I I'm in yeah. love with him. Um, and 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 a rookie still has, and the, our entire podcast is based on this. Still has like like a, a p- potential real or not real. Everybody who is a rookie has like upside and yada yada yada. So you have the uh, the image of this guy's new, but also wow, look as as good as this guy is, he he can still get better. So there's that in everybody's head as well, which is why they like him. I get that. <laughs> yeah. I I mean I, I love them both. I think I think Matisse has uh, I think Covington is the better on ball defender and the better shooter right now. Um, I think there's an argument to be made that Matisse is and and Covington's a better rebounder. I think there's an argument to be made that Matisse is better than everything else. Um, and um, be. Yeah. Well, and uh, Matisse gambles more yeah. than Covington does, sure. and we'll see how we'll see like how that evolves because that is new and there will be an adjustment to that. Totally. And the, the also, the also thing is that like I got, well, Covington wasn't actually a good three point shooter. I'm like, I, I don't know what to tell you. If, if he shoots 37% on 550 threes in a season, he's probably pretty good. Like when he came to the Sixers, it, it was funny. I was talking to somebody on the air tonight. We, we did a funny thing where I just allowed people to apologize about Robert Covington. Not surprisingly, they didn't. Um, but uh, um, what was I going to say? Um, like, I, I don't know. People just sort of pick and, you know, when he came into the league, that's what he was good at. He was not a defender when he came into the league. What's interesting about him and Thibel as sort of like a um, comparison is that Thibel comes into the league with the key skill being a defender and you hope um, he ends up being a, a good three-point shooter. He was solid in college, but obviously like you hope that it translates. That would be a question. When Covington came into the league, he had set the record in the D League for most threes in a season. Um, and at uh, where did he, at Tennessee fucking Chattanooga State, where did he play in college? One of those little schools. Uh, I believe um, it was Tennessee State, but I always mix it up yeah. with Tennessee Tech. I think uh, and Tennessee he, it was definitely Tennessee State then. It wasn't Tech. And he, he shot a ton of threes there. So Covington came into the league as a basically as like a un- unconscious will we'll shoot, 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 three-point shooter and became a great defender. And I do think it's an interesting comparison um, in that we think of them as similar type players, but um, Covington actually became that, and it will be interesting to see if Thibault, um improves his shot the way that Covington improved his shooting ability, rather, as his shot looks fine, yeah. um, as Covington became a better defender. Let me talk about Matisse for like a little bit just because I, I, yep. I, I, I took – just pages of notes from 
the a, the third regular season game of the season than the Hawks game. I just so many of just getting excited about everything, and I don't even know why. I'm in playoff form already. I'm going to burn out by March. Um, he's just so good at making things tough on people. It's amazing, like. He's covering Trey Young, right? And Trey Young's very good. It's in, it's impressive how I try, I hate watching, I hate playing against Trey Young because it's it's the same reason I hated Steph for years, of like he's just a fucking little guy who's not that athletic and just like hit him. <laughs> I get I get yeah. I get so sizest against uh, against guys like Trey and Steph. Um, and, well, and by the way, Trey is like significantly to my eye. I know he's shorter than him, but like. Trey makes Steph look like a giant, yeah. you know, like Trey guy, is sure. is so tiny and like wispy on the court, right. like physically. Um, it's almost, it almost drives me more crazy when he's playing against yeah. him. But he's, he's very fucking good, good he's, though. He's very oh my good. God. He's an incredible passer. He's not just a shooter. Um, I don't think he's ever going to defend at a level that like can hang in the playoffs, but we'll see. Um, but Matisse covering Trey on offense and making him uh, do it just a ton of, like it's amazing how quickly and uncomfortably they get shots up around him. Like he's Matisse just blocking Trey from behind or poking the ball out from behind, and just just the threat of knowing that he's there. Trey has to like wait like an extra beat before he lets off his floater, and that allows Horford to block a shot. Like he's just everywhere. He's always, you know, he's gonna make mistakes. He like left. There was a couple of communications issues in the Wolves game. Uh, we just like kind of left a guy wide open, and and that happens. But for the most part, the Sixers left the shooters that they wanted to take shots open, and they're fine with mm-hmm. that. Um, but usually, Matisse, especially off ball, is just like in the right place at the right time, like it, <laughs> poking it out. Like every, I can't, I can't stop talking about how good he is. Um, he, whether that's like an off ball cut that he picks off, whether that's like not his man. Or in transition, or when he turns the ball over and the guy starts going the other way and he pokes it out, then like left every time, everything. He's, I'm so happy he's on a team. It's such a distinct thing. There's, I know that like, obviously, Covington is an excellent defender and, and was excellent here and made an all defense team and that was great. But he's a different kind of defender than Matisse. It didn't feel like when Covington's out there that you're like, oh my God, there's this free safety out there that's just gonna like, pick off the pass if you don't look him off. Like, it didn't feel as much of an off-ball threat every time. Matisse is leading the NBA in steals. Like, he's leading the NBA in deflections. It's crazy. He's a rookie. He's playing off the bench. Obviously, the shot comes and goes. The dribble, the handling comes and goes. He's going to make some... He had a couple nice, really nice bounce passes in tonight's game. Um, I, I really believe in him as a full basketball player. But just specifically, the defense is is otherworldly... I am so happy he's exactly the guy that I thought he was going to be out, out of UW. And it's just, it's all coming together so fast. It's, I, Spike, this is the perfect player. This is everything I've ever wanted in a human. And he's doing it for the Sixers. I can't believe it. Well, I hope everything that you want in a human, I hope we don't find any out anything bad about him as a human. Oh, because that would be terrible. You, terrible. You've, you've, so you've, devastating. I just yeah, read that. I, I think it was Rich Hoffman is it, in the athletic story about like the like the Jewish family that he like, is, they're all like brothers and best friends and, together and yeah, stuff. Yeah. I really thought that was a delightful story on the athletic about, um, you know, I mean, that's, what a guy. Everybody. Well, that's two mentions and they're not even paying us anymore. I, wow. Wow. Of, of the athletic. You're welcome. Yeah. The, there's not... It, 
I got to tell you, there's not too much about the Wolves game, like, as a game that it was overall, like, pretty sloppy, even though the Sixers, I think it was maybe the first game this season where um, I... It wasn't the size that I noticed so much as the. Um, I'm sorry. It wasn't the defense as so much I noticed as the size. Yeah. As they they seem to try to take advantage of it in the wrong way, almost on offense with like eight million post ups. But um, it was ugly overall. There were a ton of turnovers. Um, there were a lot of post ups from the Sixers. I don't even remember offensively. Like aside from the post ups, you know the the Sixers always had. Before this game, the Sixers were 22nd in the league in offensive efficiency, um, which is not going to cut it like the end of the day and you expect to go up. But it really does match your eyes in that in previous years, even when the Sixers were not good, you felt like you knew like they were running an offense and they were getting the right shots and so on and so forth. Like they, you knew what the Sixers offense looked like at this point so far, I I still think I don't even know, and the Sixers don't even know what kind of offense they run, like what they're running. Um, like aside from the the post ups, it's a, it's definitely different to watch this team offensively than any other Sixers team we've watched over the last seven years. Yeah, including I would say a lot more pick and rolls. Um, yeah, yeah, across yeah, yeah. the board, there's still it's still like a dribble handoff into a pick and roll. It's not you know a traditional like whether you know Kemba Walker or any other sort of normal point guard, but. They are running a lot more pick and rolls than, than Brett has in recent years, and I, I wonder how the how the numbers would shake out on that over a full season. Um, yeah, the post-ups are a lot. They're just exploiting mismatches left and right, and I think that they um, they can that can stall the offense a little bit if they sort of just default to that. But if players are making quick decisions, Tobias is pretty good in that like you know four to eight feet range. So is Horford. Um, Obviously, Embiid's going to try to get to the rim every time. Um, I would love to see Josh and Ben improve from in that little like just taking their man in if they're you know if Jeff, Jeff Teague types or Shabazz Napier or whatever. Um, but they're good. I mean, the the three started falling tonight. That's huge. It's the the thing that I will want to see is if you're going to post up, then make a quick decision. Yeah. And if they're doubling, get it out quick because I don't. The, there's nothing more frustrating than like watching a team. Hey, they're doubling you. They're not. He doesn't doesn't see the double team. Open guy gets missed. Ball goes the other way. I think that really takes a lot out of people. Um, yeah. So well, and especially because guys like Richardson at this point and uh, Simmons is way better. Um, like passing out of the double team than anything else. But sure. guys like even Richardson, not everybody that has a size advantage is good at posting up. Of course. And just be, just because you have a size advantage, like the goal at that point is to get double teamed mm-hmm. almost and not get a shot up. Um, like I'd rather because do more it, like like ceiling. If you have, okay, right. get yeah. go put, you know, Trey Young or whoever on your on your hip or on your back and just turn him around and be like, okay, just pass the ball over his head, please, because I, I have an open dunk. Um, and I think Embiid did that a lot against whoever, whatever centers Atlanta was throwing at him. Um, I, oh, one thing I want to mention, um, oh, yeah. just I think just exploring all angles of the fight because that's really I really have so many notes about the Hawks game that I should just abandon. Um, but do you think Simmons running over? And like helping Embiid and pulling Towns off him, and also putting him in a sleeper hold and making him tap out, 
is that a lot of people have asked me this on Twitter? Is that the wine trip to Napa that we were looking for? Is this the sort of you know it's, as well, you said it's a long season? Is this the galvanizing? We're a team like us against the world, physical. You know, Brett in the post game said like we talk about it all the time: Philly tough, Philly edge. Is that the kind of thing? Is this the kind of thing that like? fuses the team together and when when the story of this team gets written after they win a championship people will point to like those moments these moments over the course of the season that everybody starts to like really have their back i thought you already said it was the the when they were tweeting the <laughs> there could be more than one what's wrong emojis. with multiple okay. trips okay um uh, yeah i mean fights are always good i i think what <laughs> fights do is no i mean in terms of like bonding guys i think what what a fight does is let's just say for instance that i'm and i'm just throwing it out there like let's say and be let like let's say ben is like fine with Embiid, but like overall wishes like you know, wishes they didn't have a big, deep down, wishes that their best player wasn't a low post player and wishes Embiid would shut the fuck up. Like, let's let's say he's fine with them, but he wishes those things. Um, the thing about a fight is, in, in an instance like this, is that Simmons looks at it and goes, well, like, I'm allowed to be annoyed with him, but you're not allowed to fucking touch him. And I think, like, I, I, I think it can um, galvanize a team in that it forces you to stick up for a guy who occasionally you can be annoyed with and you, you wish things were a little bit different sometimes. And I, I, like, I really do. I know it sounds silly, but I, I, I don't know if you're asking really or fake, but like, I, I do think there is something to Simmons seeing and beat over there in the fight. And like, look, it's not like he swung on Towns. He, he was really just trying, starting it, trying to pull Towns off is what it looked like. Like he had him wrapped up. Yeah. Um, but the fact that he got involved at all, I think is a, like I think is didn't even fake get involved, like put his arms around the guy is like cool. And I, I do think it helps. I, I'm honestly, I think it is a, uh, I think things like this are, are great. I think when you're tried and pushed against a wall, either physically or metaphorically, um, you see who is with you and who isn't. And I, I'm glad that Ben made the decision to go over and be with him. Like I, th- I think it is good. Yeah. I love it. Any thoughts on Brett being in there trying to mix it up? Well, I mean, it brings back, geez, I mean, the, the holy, I'm never going to stop talking about him, but the, the Knicks um, comparisons are endless uh, with the Jeff Van Gundy on uh, Alonzo Mourning's leg mm-hmm. is just one of the more famous, uh, <laughs> one of the more famous moments from that era. I just, next time Brett's just got to wrap himself around one of the player's legs um, to try to prevent it from happening. So it is great. Have Brett mixing up in there is great. Look, even Covington was, um, was one of the first men in i think he was it was him and teague was in there teague who looks by the way uh more spry than i thought he would yeah he um he still has some he was a a rumored sixer like 600 different times yeah sort of took the mantle from monte ellis yeah mm-hmm. um i i wouldn't mind having teague at some point as a third guard well, so even a starting point guard this uh, let's get i still have so many things i want to talk about but uh, and also i yeah. do have to go to bed since we're on different days still um yeah I have to get ready for work, <laughs> the... which is so funny. We take a break from the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast to talk about a guy who, I don't know, Carl Anthony Towns might want to be in contact with after tonight's game. That is the official law firm of the process, Cornblow and Cornblow, along with Adam Cornblow. Mike, I ask you this, uh, does, does uh, Carl Anthony Towns, does he have a 
a claim he was injured at work, potentially. Maybe I think he should call Adam Kornblau and, and find out. Right. Well, I mean, what's it going to cost him to call Kornblau and Kornblau? Nothing. He would be happy to take the call. Right. And, and if, they call, if he calls Kornblau and Kornblau, let's say um, he calls uh, 215-576-7200 and asks for Kornblau, what's he going to get? A Kornblau, I, right. I, I would that, assume. That's what happens. Everybody that calls Kornblau and Kornblau gets a Kornblau, most namely Adam. Saw Adam over at the Bark in the Park 5K in the middle of a park on a Saturday afternoon wearing a suit um, at a table with a jar full of candy corn. Um, people guessing for Sixers tickets, just exactly where the, uh, the lawyer from the premier boutique personal injury law firm in the Delaware Valley should be on a Saturday morning. Cornblau and Cornblau has been around 40 years. Uh, Adam, Adam's parents started it together. Adam, uh, runs the law firm with his mom now. What I like to say all the time, you, you hear, I know you hear personal injury law firms advertised a lot. But most of the ones that you hear, it's just a, res- a referral service. So you call up and then they send you another lawyer. That's not what happens with Cornblau and Cornblau. It's so legit. It's so personal. And we hear the stories over and over. You don't even have to come to one of their offices. Cornblau will just come to your house. You want him to bring the candy corn jar? He's going to bring it. I don't know if you still have a chance to guess for the Sixers tickets, but he will bring the jar full of candy corn. Um, they specialize in medical malfunction. Medical, is that what it is? No, medical malpractice. <laughs> medical malpractice, um, but can do any sort of personal injury and um, can help you out breaking your lease, as people have found, or if you have a bad neighbor. But any sort of personal injury, look, if you're hurt uh, at all from an accident, just give him a call. He can let you know if you have a case. I was on the phone with Cornblow today, helping out a, uh, a very close person to me to me with a uh, personal injury case. 215-576-7200. Email cornblow at cornblow and cornblow.com. Cornblow spelled with a K and is spelled out in that email address, A-N-D. Cornblow and Cornblow, the official law firm of the process. Back to the Ricky. Teague, uh, so Al Horford has had a very, you know, he had a ton of rebounds tonight, especially without Embiid uh, for a good chunk of the game. Um, but he's been so exactly, like cartoonishly himself, obviously in the yeah. fight, but also Horford-y. just like doing, doing the things, a couple little hook shots on a, on a smaller opponent, um, passing well, good, good shot for great shot. He's getting, he's getting the threes off a little quicker, but he's just, he's really just fused the team together in such a fine, gluey, nice way. And I think that there's nothing that he's doing that to me doesn't seem, obviously depending injury, it doesn't seem like it couldn't last for, you know, a couple years. Couple I don't think years. I don't think yeah. this contract's gonna become a Joakim Noah contract uh, at any point. Um, so, even though we've always been huge on him, uh, Horford, I would say that this situation for him is maybe the best one he's been in his career. Yeah. In that, like, and that the things that you could be critical of him for, like, oh man, for all that money, I wish he would take over more. I wish he would score more. He's really not asked to. Mm-hmm. And I think what he's been, to the point that you made at the start of that, uh, the thing that I've been most impressed with is when they need him to, hey, go get a bucket here. Like, hey, post up and get a shot up. Like, he doesn't run from that at all. Like, he does it when it's needed and doesn't do it when it's not needed. And uh, I think he's been great. And honestly, like, in the Atlanta game, he was a no-show for a good portion of that game. But that that pass to Embiid in the post, it was a great pass. Mm-hmm. Um, and he came through at the end. I've been 
Yeah, and and the other thing is, not only does he fit well in this, his game, big men age better than, uh, at least in terms of how their game ages, because it's not based on you know athleticism. Big men age better than wings anyway, but like his game, I think will age just fine. So, injury aside, I do agree. His, I don't know how the last years of the deal is going to look, but uh, the next couple of years, I think MB, I think Horford will be fine. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to bring up this Jeff Teague quote on Horford because they asked him, uh, as you know and remember, they were teammates together in Atlanta, um, mm-hmm. on your favorite team of all time. You're yeah. really a, well, they, you're a Knicks fan first off, but I think you're like a 2016 Hawks fan second. Um, well, I mean, it, it, people forget that the entire team won Player of the Month. Yeah. So yeah. when one team is a player, that's <laughs> when you know it's a real team. Uh, so here's the Teague quote, and it's super long. I'll try to rush through it, but it's it's like. So it's, it's so long that it, uh, it feels like he's trying to prove a point and how, and how long he was talking about it, like he's you know, just asking for a trade. Okay, so they asked him about, about playing against Horford. He's probably the best teammate I've ever had. He's just a pro. He comes to work every day with his hard hat on and tries to figure out all the little things to help the team win. He plays the right way and he plays to win. He really doesn't care oh about God. stats and he just tries to win the game. He helped me. Oh my he helped my career and I, and I don't really know if I'd still be playing if it wasn't for him. I learned from things that he taught me and I learned just playing beside him. He's really just a great guy and he'll really do everything for anybody. He's one hell of a teammate. He's just in the right spot every time. Defensively, he's going to talk to you and he's going to push you to be a better every day and he likes to win. You could see it back in college, back-to-back championships, and everywhere he goes, he brings a winning mentality. His teams are always good and that's why he's still playing and that's why guys love playing with him. <laughs> what a wow. Good, what a quote. How long is that? Yeah. So many things. Yeah. So this brings me to the a thing that I've been marinating on for a little while. And I'm obviously confident in the Sixers for a number of reasons, one being that's my role in this podcast. Um, but... Uh, I was thinking about it, and I was thinking about Al Horford, and I was trying to like zoom out a little bit. Al Horford's never won an NBA championship, correct? Uh, he has not. Not not in my. I'll, I'll go back and check Basketball Reference, but in my remembrance, no. In Al Horford's time with the Hawks and Celtics, he, he never won a championship. Imagine Al Horford. Oh boy! Ending his career without an NBA championship. Oh. That would be a travesty. Well, I don't think it's possible to happen. I mean, he's the book on him is already so written. Listen to that quote and think that at some point in Al Horford's career, which will likely be the next four years, maybe a little bit more, but probably just the next four years, he's going to win a championship. It's 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 going to happen because it's not like a Dan Marino thing. It's not a flashy thing. This is this is like the ultimate winning player guy, good shot for great shot guy. Defense, teammate, Hawks 2016. There's just not a chance in hell that this guy doesn't end his career and go into the Hall of Fame or Hall of, uh, you know, elite role players without having won a championship. So I've never been more confident of anything in my life. Wow. Well, I, I like, um, I mean, it, it does seem strange that he would end a career that is so based around winning without a championship. So man, it is so funny that he's on the Sixers. Um, It is really a riot, isn't it? I mean, like, I don't know. It's, it's very funny that, uh, that this guy ended up on the fucking Sixers, really just a all time funny thing. Mm -hmm. Um, The, uh, the Milton injury is just to jump around because we're, we're fucking all over the place here. Um, and we can. I, I did want to do two of these mailbag questions because I think they're good. Um, the Milton injury is a bummer because he 
did hit a couple of shots against the Hawks, and I did start having visions of, it's funny to say that tonight after the, the Korkmaz game, but I did have images of maybe Korkmaz not playing so much if, if Milton could play. Mm-hmm. And him, him being injured is kind of a bummer. Yeah, Shake looked, Shake looked good, man. Hopefully it's not going to be for too long. Um, super confident, cutting nicely, just still needs to put on weight. DeAndre Hunter really bullied him all the way to the rim. Um, but it seems so much quicker with his release. That seems like across the board with this team. Um, everybody looks like they're taking shots a lot quicker, except for Tobias, I would say. But Shake, Korkmaz, Horford, um, everybody looks like they're just like ripping it off pretty quick. Mike Scott, obviously. Um, but he, he played really well. Uh, there, was one, there was one moment in the Hawks game where he had, got the ball in like semi-transition and saw the only guy back was Kevin Herter, and he just like went right at him, um, which I mm-hmm. thought was a was a big step. Just being like, I'm not gonna, you know, he's a mostly finesse player, but him becoming a a more physical guy and knowing that he can he can get opportunities doing that, um, and he and he got fouled on that play, which was nice. Um, and he relocated for some threes. Like he just like really was doing well, and uh, I think starting to vibe with a bunch of guys on the team. And uh, I'm bummed that he's hurt, and hopefully he comes back soon. Yeah, it was a, a knee hyperextension and a bone bruise, which can, you know, that, I feel like those injuries, you really never know. I think it's a lot of it is about pain tolerance and um, it, it can be two weeks and it can be eight weeks and um, it's a bummer that he'll miss time. It is sort of like, I, you know, Neto played a little bit uh, against the Wolves. I, I, we just got to get one of those two guys in some is, yeah. you know, I, we've now played four games and they're barely playing. Like, I get it that they want to get off to a good start and, you know, Brett wants to get off to a good start. But, like, it's not like, as you've pointed out, it's not like Josh Richardson is some sort of, like, incredible creator from the point guard spot. Like, let's see. Can we just get one of those guys in there with Simmons sometimes? Or um, I just want to see Burke or, or Neto in there a little bit. Um, and Neto's looked fine when he's been in there yeah. to me. He's perfect, like, ideal you know, dictionary definition of backup point guard. I'm like very, I'm very happy with him and I would absolutely love to see a little bit more, more of him and just to mix up the looks. Although they're really, you know, going very hard in the, this is our identity, we play big and Howell Neto does not fit that description. He looks, he looks like you're watching something like from further away. When he's on the court, you're like, oh, they, honey, I shrunk the point guard. Yeah, he does kind of look like TJ from behind, um, depending on the angle. Yeah, uh, you know, little little white guy with a cropped yeah. uh, haircut. But they're just rebounding. They're and they're just going after rebounds so hard on both ends. They're just out rebounding the shit out of everybody. I mean, even James Ennis. Like James Ennis putbacks are like the nineteenth most fun thing about this team, but they really are a, a delightful little niche market. Of like, oh, that's such a fun thing that he does. I mean, he had a great game tonight, and his, his. You, you t- I saw your tweet about that. There's some spirit of Jonathan Simmons that still lives inside James Ennis, and I would agree with that. But he did have a, he had a, after he made after that. So he had like a block and then a putback. Mm-hmm. But immediately afterwards, there were two definite John Simmons plays. Yeah. Like I do think his body gets possessed every once in a while by John Simmons, yeah. which would be a funny story as well. Absolutely, Maybe a absolutely. Disney movie across the yeah. board. Um, <laughs> but we mentioned Korkmaz. Um, Hell of a game. He's shooting yeah. it confidently. I really have, and I, I think I've said this before, I've always liked the way Korkmaz moves off ball. 
I think he has, there's like an intuitiveness and like a craftiness that often gets lost on the court because of how fucking slow he is um, and how, yeah. how weak he is and how easy he is to get like bumped around. And sometimes his weakness is kind of a strength in the sense that anytime anybody touches him at all, he like goes flying and they call a foul on him. Uh, maybe it's out of guilt, um, but it's generous of the refs. Um, but had a couple nice cuts tonight, uh, had that dunk, which was great. Shades of uh, the Darth Vader dunk contest. Yeah. Um, can you can you uh, now? There are a lot of new Sixers fans nowadays, or, or people that are back into it sure. now that they're good. Imagine them watching the last two years and you going up to them and going, "Hey, Korkmaz like won a dunk contest." Yeah, while wearing after he put on a Darth Vader mask. <laughs> they would. There's no chance yeah. they would believe that. Yeah, yeah. it was crazy. Um, but I think you know. I like that they're giving him some rope because this team will need shooting and they need him to be an option there. Um, and I do think that he's certainly improved on defense. How much he's improved, it's still well below league average. But if he can hit enough shots and and uh, go with the flow in the offense enough, then I, I you know this is this was a nice game. Seventeen points. Me and Corkman had the same amount of points tonight. Is that a good thing? I don't know. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah, really good. Uh, what else do I want to say? There's so many things to talk about. Oh, the other thing, Ben, not, it didn't have an excellent game. You know, high, highs and lows. Him coming to NBA's defense is, is one of the highs. Um, so, some, according to Newbeck, and I was watching at home, I didn't hear it, last seven minutes or so of the game, uh, shoot uh, chance from the yeah, crowd I heard every time a, he I heard touched a lot the ball. Of it. I, I don't think yeah. he's going to shoot threes. I don't think it's going to happen. No. You, I well, think I forget what, whatever it, you asked with the over under or whatever it was either you or AU asked in the over under before the season and I think I said under and I feel pretty confident in that being the case. Yeah, I mean, did, is the the fact that he hasn't shot one in four games that is that that part helps of, my part confidence of the, level? Yeah, that's <laughs> part of it. Not all part of, of the it, math? but part of it. <laughs> right. um, but even just the way that he pushes after yeah. after he makes the misses in the Hawks team, he pushed after made three, and he. He, the layup left his hands with 20 seconds left on the shot clock. <laughs> he got all the way. It's insane. It's, that is like Westbrook levels of, of just aggressiveness and uh, not letting himself be stopped. He's just so big and tough. And, there, and people are going to try to get in front of him. And there were weirdly a bunch of offensive fouls called uh, in this game that like were unnecessary in the Wolves game, but whatever. Um, it matters that Ben is pushing it. And the defenses have to adjust to him. Every, you can see all the defense continuing to collapse. And that's a quick kick out to Tobias or Ennis or Mike Scott or whatever who's trailing. Um, so even if he's not finishing, even if he's not doing stuff, they're still they're having to account for him. And that's, I love, I love that part of like, oh, and Bede sitting, like they're going to fucking run this ball. And it's really nice. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, to, to the, he's not going to shoot threes and pushing it. Like he, he almost... It would be funny to look back before this was like an issue at the games. Like he almost never puts himself in position for that to even be a conversation. Like as soon as he's at yeah. the top of the key, he either drives or gets rid of the ball and goes and stands, moves to somewhere else. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I get a lot of, well, he wasn't even open for one. Um, he doesn't let himself be there at this point. Yeah. Like well, I, I think people have to understand that. Like, 
you know, the guy with the ball is rarely just sitting there open for three. Um, so yeah, he doesn't put himself in position to be open for it. So we'll see. And that, you know, we're so far away from it, but the fact that this is going to be what it is really does just lead you to believe that like they definitely, people are talking about one shooter. They need, I think they need two, you know, I, th- I think for, it would be depending on how Thibel evolves. I think they, they probably, you know, in the second half of the season going to the playoffs, probably need two guys on the team that they're playing regularly um, that are shooting. And whether that comes at the expense of one of the bench guys, I don't know. But you would think it might have to. I don't know. I think, yeah. I, I don't know. I think, it, I, I don't think that there will be a guy available who is good enough at shooting and can stay on the court defensively that the Sixers could acquire. Yeah, we'll see. Um, the, so, uh, two quick things, um, uh, both mentioned by reporters, uh, at, oh no, one re- mentioned by a, uh, an Instagram DM and one by a uh, reporter Sixers, Adam, the, uh, the new 10 year old, but, uh, one guy Instagram messaged me before the year and said that Bolden is going to be the, um, the new Korkmaz, he's going to be the victory cigar. Yeah. And he does look like he might be. Absolutely. And uh, Sixers Adam mentioned, that is his full legal name, Sixers Adam, mentioned that Norval Pell may be the new Frosty Freeze Out guy. Now, I don't know if it can be a two-way guy. The Frosty Freeze Out guy is going to have to be at every home game. Well, he was last but... year in Shake. Yes. So, Oh, it's a good point. So I would love for it to be Norval Pell. I love Norval Pell. Yeah, he definitely has the energy for it. Shake's a little too timid for it. Although I saw Shake standing up and doing it tonight, but it's like, hey, man, you know, you're hurt. Injured. Injured. Yeah, come on. Can I I throw a couple of mailbag questions at you before we go? Yes. I still have so many things to talk about, but that's fine. Uh, Do you have other things? I mean, mean, like, what are we getting? Two things. Do you want to? Quick, let me run through them. uh, Okay. I think it was a good sign, a good thing for Embiid to see that the Hawks kept anticipating his spin move and the double came like as it was happening. And I thought yeah. Brett adjusted nicely to start getting him the ball at the nail and around the elbow um, and trying to make it harder for guys to double team. Um, how about that dunk over John Collins? And then the, sh- oh. and then the, and then the shimmy. Oh. <laughs> Antoine Walker in the house. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Not, not, not quite as fluid as Antoine Walker's shimmy. No, but there's, um, more bo- there's more man to shimmy. It's tough. Yeah. It was, it was that... He murdered him. Yeah. I mean, that was incredible. That was really fun. Yeah. The, I mean, it, I don't like thinking about it because I have to think what happened after it, but game three of the Toronto series, Embiid coming down the lane, Tomahawk, like that. It, it was that level of like emphatic. Uh, you know, the, uh, the I, I know this is a, something I would crush uh, NBA Twitter for, but I'm not, I'm not trying to... The, the Hawks are going to be good, man. Yeah. I mean, like, they are uh, one of their... I'm curious to see how the the new new guys um, evolve, but Trey Young is really really good, and I know it's a bit of mine to talk about him and Luca, but like that will be a, you know, the Hawks did not lose that fucking trade. Like the Hawks got a great player in there, and that and they're going to be good, man. The Hawks are going to be good. They are an exciting team to watch. Yeah, I, I disagree with some of the uh, picks that they made, but they're certainly doing a uh, an a commendable job surrounding Trey Young with guys that would compliment him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I really like John Collins a lot. I really, really do. Um, and a bunch of just guys that are going to work. We'll see if they have the defenders and stuff. But that, that's a good team. And I think if they, if they sneaky position themselves as like a Giannis destination, like that could, be, that could be very, very fun, very fast. And good for Lloyd Pierce, Red Brown coaching tree. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, do you want to go over the rest of your list? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> As we hit the, we hit the hour mark. <laughs> I know, I know, sorry. Uh, when Tobias is off, he's shooting on the way down. When he when he is huh. he is. I'll look for that. Keep an eye on it because then his shot is short and flat, and uh, he needs to shoot when he's at least at his apex, if not on the way up. And he's always on the way down. It seems like he's just not getting enough lift. Um, huh. But he did have a couple nice, like I think he's driving better this year, and I think over the last couple of games he's gotten. It's going to, I mean, obviously everyone's shaking off the rust, but I think he's, there are things that Jimmy did that Tobias is capable of doing. And it, unfortunately it doesn't look like he, going to the line is one of them, but I think he can still like face up from, I would love it from like, you know, 18 and have a, be quick enough first step to get, to get to the rim and, and, and finish when guys are uh, not coming over because he's just, the Sixers have too many weapons. They can't send help everywhere. Um, Moving on, the Mike Scott ejection. Just one one final thing. Um, I love that he shook hands with Damian Jones afterwards. <laughs> That's, yeah, it's just so good. I mean, what a guy! What a what a unique, singular guy. Um, and also, just like fuck the refs. Ben Simmons got pushed by Jabari Parker earlier when he was going up for a dunk. It just pushed in the back, and they called it a regular foul. And that's a much more dangerous thing. He was already in the air, rather than like, hey, I'm gonna bump you while you're dribbling. It's crazy. Um, I hated it. I'm furious about it. Uh, Vince Carter hitting the back rim on a yeah uh, on a three against Sixers again. I almost wanted it to go. I I had a feeling that yeah, they won, w- but I kind of almost wanted it to go in because that would have been awesome. Would have been a, gr- a great way to lose. Yeah. honestly, would have been a yeah. totally fine way to lose. And the Hawks always give yeah. them give them trouble. Lloyd Pierce always always has them tough. And I I think the Sixers over the course of you know it's hard, it's only, they're four now and Embiid's played like seventy five minutes in four games or something. Um, if not, yeah, about that. Uh, and I think they've done a better job just from game to game. You can see them finding each other more. Like someone's always going to be open underneath the basket or at least have a good mismatch. And I thought there were a couple times when Tobias and Embiid not nat- and Josh, not natural passers, not excellent passers, and they're like missing some opportunities there. And I think they're starting to get there. I know it's only been a couple of games, but in the first couple of games, I was like, God, they're open and they're not finding him. And then tonight and against the Hawks, it was like, oh, I think that they're starting to do that more. And that's a focus of their team. Um, I got more, but that's fine. Let's do this. Let's do some stuff. Right. The, the Sixers defense is yeah. the best team in the league at, at like limiting threes or getting getting the shots that the other team does not want to take. And it's... Wants to get. It's, it's yeah. very, very cool. So this one comes from uh, Lorenzo Brown Mailbag. Send us mailbag questions at writesrickysanchez at gmail.com. Spike, this comes from Timothy. Spike and Mike, I really need to get your take on Embiid's new free throw routine. Picking his wedgie yeah. and then putting the same hand to his mouth before he shoots <laughs> is an amazing addition. Thanks. How has no one fucking asked him this? I mean, if when Joel Embiid comes on the Ricky um, and, and this has to happen or I'll stop saying his name if it doesn't happen by I don't know all-star break uh, I'll just call him the Sixers center how has no one asked him about the fucking wedgie I mean picking the wedgie and then <laughs> putting that hand to your mouth I love it I'm on board whatever yeah. is it, any, any it has nervous to be a tick bit, whatever right? I don't know it's uh, whatever you know people have their things I you know everybody has their weird <laughs> routines this is fine to stink up the ball a little bit. Whatever you got to do. Oh man, um, 
it, it has to, he has to be doing it on purpose. Anyway, um, this one coming from Dan. Hey, Spike and Mike, I just finished move, watching the movie yesterday with my girlfriend, and it was so bad that I needed to turn on the most recent podcast to quickly forget about the last two hours I wasted. By the way, this game, is th- that movie rather, is about a guy who- um, I know. Are you telling me? Start, no, I'm, I'm for the listener, sure. for the listener, not you. Yeah. It's about a, it, basically a world in which for some reason nobody remembers the Beatles, but this one guy does and plays his songs and plays their songs and gets famous for playing these amazing songs that for some reason nobody knows. Um, I'm just setting up his, his question. With that said, um, if the plot of yesterday were to suddenly apply to the Sixers and you two were the only two people on earth that remembered who they were as a franchise, not just the current team, A, how would you handle that? And B, how would you try to bring them back into the world based on everything that you know about them at this moment? Oh, I wouldn't. I would put a, what a burden <laughs> off my shoulders that would, that would relieve. <laughs> um, I think the better question, because how would, if the Sixers existed, then they would exist. Yeah. And we'd be like, hey, those guys, <laughs> remember? That was once. Yeah, it would be weird because they would still obviously be in the NBA. Yeah. And if they I mean, weren't, would, then I'd be yeah. like, okay, <laughs> you don't yeah. remember. That's fine. Um, a better version is like if people didn't remember the process. Yeah, and, process. And the, and that's the thing, which sometimes hmm. feels like How that's, would we handle that's that, the Mike? situation that we're living in, yeah. even when people do remember <laughs> it. So I think it would be pretty similar to what's happening now. Hmm. Hmm. Um, uh, and let's do this final one because uh, the the Ben and Joel one we've we've already done to death so far this time. This comes from Aaron, gentlemen. I can't convince myself that this won't be the final storyline of the season. We will lose in the finals to the Clippers by Landry Shamit. I don't care if it's four games or seven games. Don't care that Shamit will only be the twelfth best player in the series. We will lose by Landry Shamit. It will be in part because they have him, but it will be even more so in part because we don't have him. The we gave up one asset too many in the Tobias trade regret will climax in agonizingly spectacular fashion. How will we cope? What will we do? Will we still celebrate Elton Brand as a potential executive of the year, knowing that one slight overpair 17 months earlier cost them a, a championship? <laughs> the, and more importantly, uh, how does the same exact scenario not unfold in June 2021? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think Shamit could shoot like 11% from three in, in a hypothetical Sixers-Clippers uh, series, and people would still yeah. blame that on Elton and, and, and on that trade. Uh, the Sixers are betting on those types of guys, Shamit, Lou Williams, whatever, not being able to hold up in this against yeah. this team. Um, and that's going to require some level of competency with exploding mismatches and getting to the rim and forcing those guys to defend. Um, and so Matisse has got to be able to hit shots. Mike Scott's got to take people into the, into the post. Josh Richardson needs to be competent going at the rim. James Ennis needs to have, you know, mitigate any, some John Simmons-ness. I think some helps it. <laughs> yeah, I think just some a helps little. It. I'm not saying all yeah. of it is bad. Um, but it, it's going to be the, that's, that, that seems to be, that seems to be your eight. And, uh, and I think they're, they're, the bet that they're making is Shamit can't cover anybody. Uh, well, you got to go to bed and I got to edit this, put it on the internet and then go to work. What a just, it, boy, it's, you talked about burning out. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, boy, it, just get by December, yeah. mid-December. Exactly. I'm going to be there. 4 no. All right. One of two undefeated teams in the league. Not too shabby. Who's the other one at this point? Spurs. 
Spurs. Oh boy, of course. Oh, they did it again. I, uh, I the two two players I didn't know in the last two games were on the teams that they're on. I had no idea Jabari Parker was on the Hawks, and uh, Jordan Bell uh, being on the uh, Timberwolves was not something I knew either. Uh, both things I thought were fun. Would it surprise you to know uh, that I knew that? No, would not surprise me to know at all. Good. Especially the Jordan Bell. That's one. right. The uh, uh, all right. We will uh, we'll talk to you this weekend. Pod won't be until. Sunday night or something this weekend. No, no Saturday morning one. So you'll have to listen to this one three times. Uh, are you down with TTP? Yeah. You know. Like fair. Say the name, say the name, we were right, y'all, we were right.